This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halo. This is Derek C. Apollo with my partner in crime this evening, John Crane. And we're back for another edition of the show. The Angels take three of four from the White Sox this weekend. It was an interesting performance. Seriously interesting. It showed all the good and all the bad about this Angels team right now. And John, you were there for two of the games. How you doing, bud? Hi, I'm doing awesome. It was it was amazing. I, I you know I, I I know people are gonna uh, you know comment about me or something, but I had a great time at the baseball game on Friday. We lost. I understand that was I was there with a high school buddy of mine who uh, is actually a lifetime uh, Red Sox fan, and uh, we met in junior high. And so we were there at the game on Friday and uh, Saturday. I was at the game with my daughters, and uh, it was flashback week in the uniforms, the videos, the all the stuff that they, the music that they played, uh, the profile pictures when they walk up uh, up to the plate. Uh, they had them all with sunglasses and their seventies uh, John Travolta ish looks. It was a fun weekend to go to hang out at uh, Angel Stadium. Well, it looked like a lot of fun, although I'm not so sure who's going to be upset with you. Who's coming at you? I don't understand. No, everybody just always says, you know, that I don't, you know, that I don't, I guess I, when I I said early on in the show, I said, you know, win or lose, I'm going to have a good time. You know, I, I go to the game uh, to enjoy myself, to spend time with my family, to spend time with my friends, sometimes just to sit by myself in the, in the, in the Bob Uecker seats. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, they lost Friday. That was disappointing, uh, but still had a great time uh, you know, with my friend who I've known for oh, 30, 40 years, 30 years, and uh, more than 30 years, actually. And uh, so anyways, no, I'm just saying everybody says I'm optimistic about things, even though our season has been less than optimistic. A lot of drama, but honestly, dude, I saw the pictures there. You're there with your kids last night, your two daughters, your two wonderful daughters, and even with sports, there's a certain, well, there's a certain 
closeness that comes with taking family to a ball game. You know, I, I treasure the day I took my daughter to her first game, and I can't wait to take her to her first Angels game, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to having those bonding moments with her and sharing my passion for this game with my kid. And you've done that, and you've done that for a very long time to the point where you basically drag them out with you. But they're still there. They're still having a good time. And there's something special about the game of baseball, especially when you go. Like, we go watch a football game on TV, compare it to going to a game live. Which do you enjoy more? I personally, I like, I like getting to a sports bar or getting from my own TV, having some drinks and something to eat, and watching the game on TV. That's for football. For baseball, I'd rather be there. Baseball is just a different animal. Just each sport has a little bit of a different feel to it. And, you know, when it comes to, to baseball games, regardless of where you are, it's just, it's special. And it's unfortunate that some folks have, uh, you know, they've, I don't know they've lost sight of how wonderful going to a game is, but nobody wants to watch their team struggle. And nobody wants to watch their team struggle for four to five years through a rebuild. So I get the frustration that's out there. I get the the annoyed responses to people who are trying to be upbeat. I get all that. Just that in the end, this is what we have right now. It's to me, there's a light be in the tunnel if you choose to look for it, and if you choose not to look for it, then of course you're going to be upset with management. But that's well, my. my- my wife and family will testify that I am a very emotional fan uh, with the Clippers, especially I've, I really kind of boycotted them last year after they traded Blake Griffin. I doc rivers. I have no love for doc rivers whatsoever. I think he wasted uh, the several years of uh, prime time for uh, uh, Griffin and Chris Paul um, and I'm very emotional and watching that when they lost in playoffs to Houston, I drove home with my oldest daughter and, you know, she said, dad, I don't want to go to another game. We were both, you know, I mean, but this is different. You know, if, if I was a Dodger fan and I've and I'd lost the World Series two years in a row, those would be crushing to me. I would again, I've as I've said before, I would be optimistic for this season and obviously good reason. So I mean, but but when you're at the end of the season, we're not really we're not competing. Um, you know, it, it's still a good time. It's still a, a good bonding time. And, you know, but Derek, your kids are young. One day you'll get, they'll get older. And when your 20 year old said, you say, Hey, you know, I have a ticket to the game. And she says, uh, you want to go? And she says, yes. You're like, who 20. And they're still, they're still hanging with Bob. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then I, mean, I had to buy an extra ticket because the, we didn't expect my, my younger daughter to, to, to want to go. And I asked her and she said, yeah. So I actually had to buy an extra ticket last night on StubHub. Well, I mean, I've already I've already circled the calendar for next year because the Angels are coming in in September mm-hmm. to play the Indians, and I'm like, whoa, 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 that's a weekend series, so I don't have to worry about school, right? Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. This is what we're cooking here. Okay, it's a weekend series. Temperatures will be down, which means my wife might be able to go. I can make a weekend out of this. I used to do that all the time. When I was stationed in D.C. when I was in the military, it was every year the Angels came in to play Baltimore, I'm there. Every single game. Every single game. When I lived in Cincinnati, same thing. And that was much rarer, obviously. But if I can see if I can go to the Angels game, I'm going. And I think I, I think one year I actually took a personal day from work to go because they only came, they only came to Cincinnati once every Three years? Well, no, once every six years. They go out the other way, the other third year. So you go. You don't mess around. You go. That's just <laughs> – you, you don't you don't play. So 
I'm looking forward to that next year. I'm going to take my girls. Uh, at least my older one, my younger one, may be too young, but it is a family game. Even even as Major League Baseball seems to be outpricing many of those fans right now, which is a wholly different story. Well, you know, one thing that proves the the love of baseball is you go and and I'd only been I've only been to two spring trainings. I've gone the last two years. The first year was just me and my wife and my daughter, my youngest daughter. And uh, last year I went with some good friends of ours. And, um, you know, that's exactly what it is. We made a weekend out of it. You catch a couple of games and actually spring training tickets are, well, more more expensive than angel tickets. (laughs) But you see hundreds and thousands of people out in the Arizona area who are there watching games that mean absolutely nothing. Um, you know, they kind of forecast for this season, but you're seeing a lot of players that you probably won't see. Um, and, um, but it's just fun. You just have to have, you know, the attitude of I'm here to have fun. And at this point, I think that's what we got. But, and again, next year, uh, the off season, we're going to be talking a lot about what's, what's going on. And I'm optimistic to see who will be pitching in Cleveland when you and your daughter go out to see that game. I can't wait to hear. I can't uh, wait I, to see. I can't wait. It'll be September baseball, too. So we're hoping they're in the hunt next year. I'm, I'm believing, considering yeah. what I'm seeing, that they will be, they'll be better, at least. We'll see if they're in the hunt. Okay, so there are a whole lot of things to talk about in relation to the White Sox series. So let's go there. First things first, Angels take three out of four from the White Sox. It was a brutal first couple of days for pitching when it comes to the Angels. And as the series wore on, they settled down. And I got to point this out right away because if we're going to point out anything from this series, it needs to be this. Who said that Brad Allison would ever let a pitcher go into the seventh inning and throw over 100 pitches? Who said that? Who? Me? And me? Nobody is of late. Oh, Nobody. They're all attacking. Me, <laughs> oh, my gosh. This needs, to, this needs to be put to rest right now because we have tons of people all over social media, all over Facebook, and all they do is just hammer Al Smith. He proved today. He proved today. If a pitcher is doing their job, if that pitcher is making some magic happen, like Griffin Canning did today, he will keep them in the game. You're talking about a person who just came back off elbow inflammation. This is his second start back, and he let him go. 101 pitches, seven innings. Kenny had a great game. His best performance, in my view, as an angel. His best performance. The way he just moped through these guys. Chicago can hit, folks. This team can hit. It's their pitching that goes a little weird, but they can hit. They have guys who can move. You've seen it today with that triple. They have guys, okay? But Canning goes seven innings, five hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. Uh, brings his ERA down to four, five is. Whip is down to 1.22. Listen, this is what we've been hoping to see from him. This is exactly what we've been hoping to see from him. A great game. He only threw out of his 101 pitches, 37 fastballs. That's it. He mixes, he mixes pitches well. He was just very, very good behind the plate today, and he deserves all the credit for it. And you know what? If we're going to hammer Brad Osmus for taking pitchers out of the game early, then he needs to be applauded for letting this kid go as long as he could. I agree. We got a lot of contributions from the young guys. Matt Theis uh, came up big this weekend. Um, so now going back to the being optimistic about the future, we do have a lot. I mean, you know, uh, um, Jeff Fletcher, I mean, we and then Mike Jeff Fletcher. Trout, Jeff Pardon? Fletcher, that's, that's the Orange County writer, oh, Jeff man. Jeff Fletcher. David Fletcher. Fletcher. David Fletcher. There you go. 
Jeez. My wife, I, yeah, I told you we're going to a, we're going to a signing. We're going to go to a signing and meet David Fletcher here in a couple uh, the day after my wife's birthday, and she's she's the one who signed up and is stoked. So you guys got that to look forward to on Twitter. I, got, I have to reel you back in, man, because you're just going everywhere in these different tangents. Okay, so back to today. Griffin came as well. Matt Tice, three out of four, four RBIs, no strikeouts for him, none for him. Matter of fact, it was the top of the lineup today that struggled with strikeouts. Brian Good with one strikeout. David Fletcher with two strikeouts. Otani with one. Justin Upton with three strikeouts. Cole Cow with a strikeout. It was the Bonda Lamp that actually had a great game. Bonda Lamp, last four. Two out of three. Mernhifa. Matt Tice, three out of four. Wilfredo Tovar, two out of four. Anthony Benboom, one out of four. But that one was a two-run home run. Outstanding. Great day for the Angels. They make some magic happen. They are now within two games of 564. And you know what? You were there last night. Is that correct? Yes, last night, definitely. So what were your highlights from last night? Uh, sorry, blanking out here. Try to try to tag him in. Just I was with my I was with my girls. Sorry, let me pull up the game and I'll tell you what my highlights were. Are you serious? <laughs> Back in okay, so we go last night's game. Angels fall down early. Jose Suarez, oh, yeah. the four runs in a third inning. Awful. Really kind I of tweeted about blows it. it. I tweeted up. about it. Yes. Now you remember. Now yes. we're jogging your memory. And I remember. Uh, I remember uh, uh, Albert Pujols uh, any killing uh, double play. We were we we started out uh, started out ugly, but we finished strong. That's all that matters. Sorry, Eileen. Well, and that brings up a lot. I had gotten into a conversation last night about Jose Suarez. And I'm, folks, in case you can't tell, I'm linking the conversations we're having on social media with other fans to what we're seeing in the field in the show today because it's an opportunity for us to get all perspectives. And while I personally disagree with a lot of these perspectives, it's still important that we get them out there. Right? It's still important that different views are made. We're going to have one more episode covering different perspectives this week, this Wednesday. And overall, it wasn't a pretty outing for the Angels yesterday. Even though they got the win, they went 6-5. They should have been knocking Hector Santiago all over the place. And they really did. He had a solid game. I kind of felt bad for him, actually, that they pulled him when they did. One out short, uh, one out short of the possibility of having a, a decision. That's, that's kind of a bummer for him. But... Jose Suarez, four innings pitched, six hits, four earned runs, five strikeouts, three walks. His ERA at six seven five, and oh my gosh, people just hammering this kid on social media. And I, I, it's just like I'm talking Facebook, I'm talking on Twitter, and folks, come on. I mean, but but they but Come they hammered on. you know they, they hammered Canning you know a month ago when he was struggling. But now it's 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 really it's like the villain of the day. They just villain. The, well, you know what it is, really, John. John, we're getting this rising group of fans that are frustrated. And I don't blame them for being frustrated. They're getting to the point now where you're you're watching Mike Trout get a year older every sing, every season. And you want to see him in the postseason. You want to see this team back in the postseason. The Angels franchise struggled to get to the postseason for many, many years. And the 2000s hit, and a lot of great things happened. And all of a sudden, now, now here are the big, you know, the, the big problems. And now here, they go all in. 
they blow up the farm system and they're supposed to try and, and rebuild. Well, the process of rebuilding means you're going to have a few years where the major league system is basically on its own. You can't rely on the farm system at all to really back you up. It's getting to that point now, obviously this year, because they've had to use so much of the, of, the, of the minor league system. But that means some mediocre seasons here. I, I just can't. Man, I feel bad for fans who who got used to the winning and got used to all this. But, you know, the reality is Billy Epler never lied to anybody. When they hired him, he said it's going to take about five years. Well, it's, I look at I, I just look at it at the point we're at in the season. It's really just getting it's getting tiring listening to this. We can't trade for anybody. The trade deadline's passed. We're not going to sign anybody. Next season is where we're at. We're playing out the season at this point. Trout's going to hit 50 home runs. I mean, we, we, you know, we've got things to, again, to, you know, hopefully Griffin Canning has a, some more spectacular uh, performances. Suarez rebound. He, they sent him down. But uh, anyways, I, Matt Theis, you know, I mean, I'm just looking for positives that will carry over to next season and, because – just say, you know, fire, fire, you know, already sell the team. Does anybody think Artie's going to sell the team? Um, Epler. No, they're not. They're not going to sell them. No. And Epler's, I mean, he, Epler's you know, told everybody. Yeah, I know. I mean, what, yeah, tra- let's trade Let's trade Upton for, you know, pitching. Okay. Well, he's, he's, he's under a pretty a, a decent-sized contract. Uh, all the people that they're saying trade, you know, they're under decent-sized contracts. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, I understand. Let's, let's talk about, you know, start more focusing on the future, what we should do for the future. But on social media, you still see these just silly, silly um, – I mean – uh, silly you know, ideas or demands of of our management, and uh, you know, I mean, because the off season is when that can really take place. I think is is, is an appropriate time at this point. Well, they're they're making these demands because they just want them to do something. Like you've mentioned it numerous times, Joe. They just want them to do something, do something. The problem is sometimes doing something hurts you long term. It might help you short term. It's not going to help you long term. If they made a pitching trade at the deadline, it wasn't going to help them where they are right now. It wasn't. They're, they're, they're still going to be a horrible starting staff for four out of five games. Maybe three out of five games if Cannon keeps doing what he's doing. So nothing really changes. The lineup is still having its issues. There are more gaps on this roster than just a couple starting spots. And they need to be worked through this this offseason. Can it be done? Absolutely. They have a lot of money available. They have a lot of players who are just developing. They're getting there. We're talking hovering right now at that level between AAA and the Major League level. These guys are going back and forth, and some are sticking and getting some playing time. I don't see I don't see the 100% absolute urge to must do something now. Let them finish the season. Get these guys some playing time. Get into the offseason and make your move. What point to me is, I'm rolling back to, to Suarez. What point is there right now to hammering Suarez? A year well, ago, is, go ahead. John, a year ago, Jose Suarez was, was an Inland Empire. He was an A. He was, I mean, he had a great turnaround, moved up quickly from Inland Empire to AAA, but he wasn't a AAA very long, and all of a sudden the Angels are calling on him. Do you think he was ready? Do you think he was ready to face Major League Hitting? I mean, no, I don't. I don't. And that's why I see these really young guys, the Bambooms, the Thice. I mean, we need to be 
celebrating these these successes they're having not and you know if they and if they fall tomorrow it, uh, you know not turning i mean again this is all for next season i like i like things we're seeing we are at that point where i kind of we're saying we're letting the young kids play we're, we're sprinkling them in, in there letting them uh, you know giving them a shot see how they do on on the uh, on the big stage and um that's where i'm at right now but yeah i a lot of negativity, and I agree. They don't need anybody uh, ripping them. Uh, if these kids who shouldn't even be here in the first place, bottom line, they shouldn't be here in the first place. But on the flip side of it too, I I understand some of the negativity, and all I would say is, listen, you don't need to be, you don't need to be one of those sunshine and clouds and unicorns fans. Everything, everything is great and it's rosy and so on and so forth. All I'm asking you to do is really just step back. And take a wider view because if you could take a wider view, one, your blood pressure is going to drop a little bit, and two, you're going you're going to see there is something there. And if you think I'm just being condescending or whatever, fine. Go look at the actual roster itself. Look at these young kids who are coming up. Look where they did rank before they graduated off the top thirty, if they have graduated. Look where. Look where they've gone, and I mean, and you you'll see there's development going on there, especially some of these bats. Matt Tice, Matt Tice wasn't supposed to be back up here. I mean, it was a thought that maybe he'd make a September column, maybe, but reality was he he was just getting adjusted to AAA hitting, and then he goes up the major leagues. Of course, there's an adjustment. He's got to learn everything all over again because these guys are better. Just just relax. Have a yeah, beer. we have a whole we have a have whole a half season. We have or a whole half liquor. season. <laughs> we have a whole off season to hold Billy Epler and um, Brad Osmus's feet to the fire. And, and it I needs to be. That's by what the we way, pardon? It needs to be. There's no. Yeah, no. and it will be. That's what I'm saying. It will be. I fully intend to once we get to the off season. But there's nothing they can do right now. I mean, you and I have both said this. If the Angels go into this off season, and nothing is done to solve this pitching problem, if you're just going to keep relying on the guys you have, then Billy Epler and Artie Moreno deserve every bit of fire they're going to get. They they would deserve every bit of it. But you know what? In three months, four months, four months, we could be singing their praises. We could be saying, we could be saying oh my gosh, they got Garrett Cole and they got this person. I'm not saying they are, by the way. I'm not saying they are. Just That's the best name out there. We, we could be singing all their praises. And in the midst of all that, all this will be forgotten. So let's breathe. Let's let's focus on these young kids. Let's see what what we can analyze about them and see, you know, where they're going. And when this season's over, we can circle back and go, okay, Billy, you gotta get some people in here. So we've been talking about some of the things we saw that were positives. Let's go back a little bit further to the negatives we saw in this White Sox series. And honestly, there are quite a few still having some problems situational hitting. There was a streak there where the Angels, I think, were like one for twelve. With players in scoring position, that was unbelievably awful. There's no other way around it. There's no way you can win. There's no way you can win, period, if you don't have situational hitting. And this is what I was talking about when I visited Locked On Angels. If you're struggling to score runs, you need to be able to manufacture runs. And the Angels have not been able to do that well throughout much of the season. So this goes back to organizational philosophy. What were some other concerns you saw about the way the Angels performed at times in the series? 
Uh, pitching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a funny, sarcastic guy. And there was these uh, Chicago. The, this was at the game last night. These Chicago fans were just uh, there's only about three of them, but they were real loud. Let's go. White Sox. Let's go. And then all the fans around us, we all started to gang up on them. And that was when we were we were down kind of heavy. And uh, but we uh, no. And then and then the uh, Angels came back to take the lead. And uh, I turned to one of them after he was at that with a, you know, totally smiling on my face. I said, hey, thanks for making our pitching look good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong, yeah, man. Got a lot of- <laughs> that is wrong. Hey, they that started it. So <laughs> well, a couple things here. Um, back in relief in both the Friday and Thursday game, Trevor Cahill gives a three runs and a third. Some of that was was kind of a freak show thing, but some of it was on him. He just cannot. It's just, I mean, I don't, the guy has always been steady, always been solid. So I just don't know what to think of Trevor, Trevor Cahill. It's obvious now that he's not the guy that the Angels need this year. Angels are still able to get the save. Hansel Robles came in on Thursday, got the save. It's by giving up a run on two hits. That, that, that run was a home run, by the way. The big story, though, Andrew Heaney, seven innings pitched, four hits, Three earned runs, six strikeouts. Does give up two home runs, but he does provide the Angels now with two quality starts in this series, which is needed, very needed. The negative from Game Two, I think, it's really time to start asking some questions about Ty Butchery. I know he pitched later on, but that negative in Game Two, that that grand slam, that I think it's indicative of some of the really big problems the Angels have with t- with Ty Butchery right now. What do you? Where is his arm? Is it, is he just tired? Is there something off mechanically? His velocity's been down a little bit here and there. Is he overthinking it? What's going on here? Because if this is a guy who he's still relatively young, I mean he's he's got plenty of time. He should have plenty of time left in him. If I'm the Angels, I'm asking those questions. What's going on with Ty Butchery right now? It's just the slump. That's what I want to know. That's a guy well, you want. To bring, that's a guy you want to bring back next year. Am I wrong? Yeah, but and, and you're, I am you're wrong. No, what'd you say? You said <laughs> I asked you said if I was wrong. You want to bring back? Are and I said, going? "Am I wrong?" And you said, "Yeah." No, you can bring him back. <laughs> uh, my point is, and and this is again, you've you you not only have uh, instilled this in me, but so as uh, uh, you know, uh, Trent Rush and we talk. You know, this bullpen has just been just worked 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 so at this point it's really hard to to really you know you know judge them at this point because they're just getting too much work and you know canning was a blessing today thank thank god Uh, we need definitely need a few more of those starts but yeah it's just they're getting too work this isn't it this this is uh it's hard to watch it's hard to watch because, especially in Ty Buttrey's case, he has been a rock for most of the season. And he goes through this two-week stretch here that really is just not him at all. This is not Ty Buttrey at all. And it could be any number of things. It could be just as simple as he needs rest. But you know what? He's got a little bit of rest of late. And it could be deeper than that. It could be noodle arm. It could be mechanics. It could be a ton of, you know, I don't know. So I'm just expressing concern. I'm wondering... I'll be hunting. I'll be looking for something to eventually be talked about because something's not right with Ty. On, on a Friday, I did sit right there by the bullpen, and I was trolling you, I think, on Twitter. I think you probably saw a few of my – I was so close to these players. Uh, and, um, and yes, yeah, you I, were I, trolling me. 
Yes, I was trolling you. Thank you. I'm, I just want to make sure clear that you that you did get and see my tweets. <laughs> uh, but I, I kept I, I kept my mouth quiet. I, I didn't say anything to them. But um, again, I, I, I guess this is going to become a theme to me for a little while. It's like uh, you know. Next year, you know, maybe we can get some strong starts, some more strong starts and rest these guys up and then we can start uh, analyzing them better. But at this point, a lot of these guys are just gassed. I th- well, the bullpen's hard to judge because these are guys who have had some really iffy performances in the past. And so they automatically kind of carry that reputation with them. But overall, I'm going to go to your favorite guy, Cam Bedrosian. I know how much you love you some Cam Bedrosian. Okay. Remember when Noe was my favorite guy? You don't even uh, bring him up anymore. You don't. Well, <laughs> and even, my wife, my wife actually said she loves Noe Ramirez. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, I just look at those guys and uh, Cam. He's actually had a pretty good year, and it was amazing. He had had such a wonderful stretch. He got hit, lit up in one game, and people went all over him again. And then he's been great since. Guys, these are these are relief pitchers that are going to get hit once in a while. It just it just happens. But overall, Cam's been solid. Buttry for most of the season has been solid. Been one of the best actually. Even Robles has been solid. Been very good. Two nine three ERA. He gave a run the other day. Robles is not is is, is awesome. Yeah. 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 Noah Ramirez. I like he's been very good for much of the year. He's had he's had a couple rocks. Taylor Cole. Taylor Cole has been very good for much of the year. But when he's been hit, oh, that boy's been hit hard. But overall, I, I, I do think it's fine. reputation, Derek. I do it think it's reputation. But they've been actually very good, especially considering how worked they've been. And a lot to me, it's easy to point and go, well, it's been, they, they just were horrible. No, I mean, they were pretty good for most of the year. They, they, there was a nice stretch there in July where that bullpen was shutting people down when the Stars couldn't do anything. But we always said, back in April we were saying this, if they do not get starting pitching help, that bullpen will, will wear out come August. And sure enough, come August, we've seen these guys get hit. Is that them, or is it the fact they're wearing down? And in some cases, I'm wondering about Ty, because his mechanic this isn't quite right. But you get my point. Well, my, my, you know, but but I go back to when we started this podcast, all I had was last season and with Sosha and, and, and my big complaint. And, and I was I, I was disgusted by the our, by our bullpen and um, and the stars of that bullpen were Canberra Drosian, Noe Ramirez. The, um, these people coming in and, you know, Sosha pulling pulling somebody who's, you know, maybe got two men on, uh, you know, two outs and that and, and Bedrosian coming in and throwing a home run. I mean, those tastes are still in my mouth when this season started. That's why I had the distaste for Noe Ramirez and Cam Bedrosian. And I think a lot of fans like me who are who were watching all last year and are watching this year are still very sensitive when. You're right. He has. They have been putting up a a, a, a pretty first rate performance as a bullpen alti uh, in whole. But you just it, you you rip those scabs off when when uh, oh uh, no he hasn't. But uh, you know, I I just still have. I still in my mind, even though I look at the numbers, these people still need to prove themselves. They do. I mean, this is not a all out defense of these guys, but. To me, they've done enough this year to at least earn another look, to earn a little more respect. They've they've been hammered. They've been hit hard in terms of their appearances on in the field. They, they've been hit hard in terms of their appearances on the mound. They deserve a break. Okay, so we've covered 
the series in terms of starting pitching with Andrew Heaney and Griffin Canning having a nice one. Jose Suarez gets roughed up a little bit. Sandoval gets roughed up a little bit. So up and down. The bullpen does all right in the last two games, especially first two games. Eh, it's some issues. I'm looking at this week, another team that was doing great early this year, but now is struggling, Texas Rangers. We've got them in two of the next three series. Outstanding. There are a couple things here I want to talk about with the Rangers. We don't have a preview today because we weren't able to get our guy. He's, he's in the midst of uh, he's traveling with the team, so he'll be here to preview next week. But before we get to the Rangers here, just remind you that we are a less than four-month-old podcast. We have grown dramatically, and we need to thank you for that. But if you like what we're doing, please do us a solid. Check us out on Apple Music and subscribe. We would really appreciate a five-star review. It would help us move the charts. And by the way, it's actually doing very well for us. We have quite a few reviews to read for you today. And that begins with our newest ones here from last week here. Blonde Wonk. Did we we read this one? No. Okay. So Blonde Wonk wrote, I've been following Angels casually for a couple seasons and I've been trying to get more into the team, but it's hard living in the Eastern time zone to catch many of their games. This podcast has helped a ton, provides great information for the Angels, definitely better than the other podcasts I've tried. Thanks for your hard work, guys. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Junior's Mama, 09. <laughs> I love that one. Junior's Mama, 09. Hi, this is so cool. Good job. I can't wait to listen to more. Uh, Jeff VLBC wrote, My sling package no longer includes Angels games, so I rely on great pods like this one to keep me up to date. Great coverage and discussions. And then Angels Baseball 2010 wrote, Fun and knowledgeable hosts. So overall, we've received quite a few great reviews. Thank you so much. And all that in mind, we do want to let you know that our winner of the tickets is Caesar Caesar Avalos. Caesar, thank you so much for the effort that you did to go ahead and put a review in there and let us know about it. I've noticed you. You are on Twitter always interacting with us and supporting us. And believe it or not, your name came up when John randomly selected you. So, Awesome. You get the tickets. I've already messaged you. Please send us your address, and you are the winner. Um, just want to throw a couple other shout-outs out, shout there as well. Jeff Vanderveer, Kyle, FH, Curtis Nagel, Jackson Brooks. You guys were awesome as well to enter just today when we did a last shout-out. Slugger Dave, Dirt Sorrow 2, Jen Cat, Sean Shalinsky messaged us this past week, and... Um, of course, Sam is one of our bigger supporters, Sam and Red Hammer. So all you folks on Twitter, thank you so much for the entries. Really appreciate it. And, of course, all those who got us from, from Facebook as well. Okay, so that's appreciated. Now Josh Hamilton. And I saw Josh Hamilton taking a lot of heat today with some words he spoke about signing with the Angels. And I tried to get the audio up and it would work, but for whatever reason, the audio cut, the audio cut of it was just so quiet that it was hard to really put it in here. But basically, he says that he made a bad decision to sign with the Angels and that he wished that God, that he had, well, he had prayed more to God. Okay? A lot of people took offense to that. I think they probably took his words the wrong way. Let's talk some reality here. You mentioned it when we were talking earlier. John, he did make a bad decision. There's just no way around it. And the Angels made a bad decision to sign him. And I'm not sure why folks are upset about it. 
How can you not say it was a bad decision, especially with 2020 hindsight? Um, yeah, absolutely. And the man was not, this was not an attack on the angels at all. This was probably even an apology, uh, an apology to uh, Texas Ranger fans. And just like I said, 2020 hindsight, it didn't go well here for him. And uh, so I don't think it was an attack at all. I agree with him. It probably it was a mistake. It was a mistake for him. And I don't mean this in a negative way. It was a mistake for him. And it was a mistake for us because it didn't work out for either of us. So, yeah, you go back in the hot tub time machine and and he doesn't sign and and we're we're better off and he's better off. And it's and again, that's not in a negative way. I'm saying in a positive way, we're both better off. Well, it was weird because I actually jumped into that thread on Twitter where some folks, some Angels fans were were really hammering. They were really hammering hard on the, well, they were hammering Josh hard on on this thread. It was Levi Weaver's thread. And one Rangers fan jumped in and said, hey, you know, look how classy these Angels fans are. And I said, listen, man, there are classy Angels fans. They took it personal, just like you guys took it personal when he left. It's, it's when they take it personal, you say things you don't always mean, and they're taking what he's saying there personal. Then we got into a discussion. It was actually a very nice discussion, and in the end, he actually asked me because I told him I had reservations about the Angels signing him, and I did. I mean, there were I was happy the team was going for it. I mean, who doesn't want to be happy the team is going for it? But I had a really really bad feeling about how that was going, and my bad feeling was threefold: a he had just had a relapse in February of that year. B, he had already begun, in my view, declining. He'd had a great year in 2012. He did, okay? But one thing I did see is he had this career high of 359 in 2010. It was an amazing year for him. It dropped to 298, went down to 285. And what I was seeing there as I'm watching a little bit of film on him, watching some footage on him, is A, he had a relapse that year, and B, he had, I believe that is the year that he hit a kid, the baseball. Remember that? Oh, that, yeah. that didn't go well for him. Uh, he, he reacted very strongly in a, in, a, in a totally understandable way, by the way. I think if it wasn't that year, it was the year before, and it was carrying over because he had a relapse in between there. And I'm trying to make sure I get my timeline straight. If it was either 2011 season when it happened or before, before his relapse, or he had his relapse, then it happened in 2012. It's 2012, my, it's, he hit 43 home runs. He so, did. He did. But yeah. look, what, but what caught my attention was some of the things that were surrounding him as we're starting to watch his average drop back down again, which to me was signaling some decline, some other things going on. And quite frankly, Texas was the only place he'd ever been successful. I mean, that's just the truth of it. That's just the reality of it. So... A lot of athletes regret making changes. You know, I mean, they, they do. They, this this happens frequently. So I, I don't. Again, I don't think that this is a. And I'm going to tell you right. This is the difference between you and me, which everybody kind of knows. Because I remember there's things you remember vividly. I remember vividly the day that I heard Josh Hamilton sign, and I was I was stunned. I was ecstatic. I was already going for it. So I uh, 
Brand, I know I was at my daughter's school, volunteering at my daughter's school. I like to support the teachers, Derek. I don't know if you know that about me. But I was volunteering <laughs> at my daughter's school, and there's a, fel- uh, a mother there who's a good friend of mine, and I also an Angel fan. And I ran in there, and I told her, we just signed Josh Hamilton. She didn't believe me. She ended up calling her husband and saying, you know, to verify, because she thought I was messing with her. My point is, is average Joe fan John here was ecstatic that we signed him. And um, obviously, it didn't work out. You had the reservations. You had the the wisdom and the and and maybe the background knowledge to know to see perhaps trouble but i just saw the angels going for it same with same with uh albert so i I, it's 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 unfortunate what happened it was disappointing and it ended up affecting us for obviously years very long time very long time and it it didn't look well on it didn't look well already either we some of the some of the worst interactions i've had with Angels fans over Artie has been about this signing. And, you know, we all know he took it personally, too. That, that's something that's come out in reports, that he took it personally. So I understand why Angel fans would be upset about it. I understand why they would react personally about it. But when I'm watching that footage, I see a guy who is just saying, I made a mistake. Well, dude, yeah, of course. We all know he made a mistake. We all know he did. And it's okay, man. It's okay. It's over now. It's... Sometimes it's more than baseball. This guy had some serious issues going on. He had some serious issues, and while he made a bad decision to sign with the Angels, the Angels made a bad decision to sign him. And quite frankly, I hold the Angels accountable for that. He had too many red flags. Yeah, we we spoke to uh, the Dodger the Dodgers uh, podcast, and he was after the show. And remember, he was we were talking about that situation with Artie and him. Um, and he, I mean, you know, to have such a, he was such a, an, an awesome uh, offensive dynamo. And what he had, he only had, what, an eight-year eight career? He, I mean, I honestly believe that he, if he had been clean, he, we would probably be talking about a Hall of Famer right now. I really do. He was so talented in so many different levels. And eventually, his, he just did so much to his body that by the time he had become what he was supposed to be, it was already starting to head the other way. So... It's sad. It's a sad thing to talk about, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah, the whole thing is sad, and that's you know, said. So that's why. That's exactly why it's it's okay that he said he made a mistake because he made a mistake. He did make a mistake, and I we'd mean, all been better off. But. I'm sure there are players who have left the Angels and signed somewhere else that thought, "Man, I should have stayed with the Angels." You make a, a decision. Someone puts a big, huge, massive contract in front of you that's going to make sure you're set for life. I mean, you are never, unless you go out there and do something really stupid, going to lose that money. And, and I know there's been athletes who have been that stupid. But overall, who's going to turn that down? And by the way, we have no idea even how much money the Rangers were offering. I've mean, reports of it, and I don't have the articles in front of me from when you know he was in that free agency session, but the Angels clearly went above and beyond to get him. To me, this lies more at the Angels. You should have been doing your homework. Why were you so willing to take a risk? Well, the reason why you're willing to take the risk is because you won a World Series. They were going for it. They were going all in. Absolutely, which is what everybody this season has been saying. Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Well, the thing is, the the Angels went for it to the point where they destroyed the farm system. They buried their payroll for years. And to me, honestly... If it's not for Mike Trout, they probably do go and just sell off the farm and start like the Astros did. But having Mike Trout changes the rules for you because you have to, you got to be somewhat productive here. You, you just can't have you can't well wait if you trade Mike Trout, 
it's going to be in 20, 30 years, you're going to be looked at like Babe Ruth and Red Sox. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You're, that's how you are the team that traded away the best player of his generation. That's what people are going to say about you. But right now, what people are saying about you is you're wasting Mike Trout. Well, no, you're not because Mike Trout is keeping this team pretty competitive. They're, they're a lot of fun to watch a lot of the time. But most importantly, Mike Trout knew what he was signing up for. He signed up for this. He was given the choice to sign a new deal or not. And he signed it at, for his value, he signed a deal, a sweet deal, a hometown deal. He gave the Angels, to me, roughly 10 to $15 million back. He, he could have gotten 45 to $50 million easy on the market. Easy. Probably more. And now they're going to have that money available to spend on somebody else. Yeah, I, I just say, I mean, I give props. I mean, you look at like Machado. Machado, he went and signed with the Padres. What did he sign to the Padres for? Money. Oh, I think it was $300 million. Yeah. No, so my point is, he, he's not, he's not going to compete. He's not going to be going for a title. He just went, he went for, it was all about the Benjamins with Machado. Uh, Bryce Harper, he was trying to compete. He was, I think he was dreaming to bring over uh, Trout over there, right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think were. Josh Hamilton's intentions were good. I do, I do think the money, you know, did catch his eye, but he didn't think he was, he wasn't just coming for money. He thought we had a legitimate chance to uh, contend to for a title. Sure. He had a little bit chance to win. The money was there. And mm-hmm. but on the flip side of it, as a guy who's watching, man, there are a lot of distractions in California. There are a lot of ways to get in trouble if you want to, or you feel like you need to, if you know what I mean. And to get away from a place that was his safe place, Texas was his safe place. It was just a bad decision, and that's what I saw when he was doing that that video today. I don't think, or was I think it was yesterday. I don't hold it against him. I don't hold it against him at all. And I think most reasonable Angels fans will eventually see it that way. Right now, you, you get tucked into the emotion of, hey, this was this guy was supposed to help us get to the promised land, and instead we were stuck paying for him for an awful long time. This guy was supposed to be the one who got us over the edge and win a World Series, and it fell apart. And uh, that's that's the name of the game, dude. It's just the name it's, of the game. It's a regular, it's a regular occurrence in New York. People go, they go shine, you know, sign for the, the bright lights and big city of New York. And then they, uh, the pressure of the media uh, crushes many an athlete. Yeah. I don't think that media is out here as much, but I can certainly understand what you're saying. California is definitely an easy place to distract it, which is why I think maybe you should cut me some slack when you ask me a question. And I'm like, I don't have the answer because <laughs> maybe you, you think maybe I'm a little distracted. I'm here in California. Oh, my okay? gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Come on, brother. It is time for us to go. It is a little bit of a different podcast for us tonight, just in terms of just catch up on some of the stuff. We've, we've been getting really hooked into the social media and, and getting back what fans are saying, what fans are getting upset about, and what fans are praising Angels about. And, of course, when you have John going out to a couple games this week as well, that, that makes us want to zone in on you and your concerns. So, also, do us a solid, please. And if you are... If you have concerns, if you have things you want us to address in the show or things you want to talk about or something on this show that caught your eye, you can always hit us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can send me a message on Twitter. I'm at DC Apollo. You can bother John. John just loves to be bothered by people. But at Jake's Crane John. You can also 
Email us at talkinghailsgmail.com or you can leave a voicemail at 657-665-453. And if you leave a voicemail there, leave your name and where you're from. And if it's clear enough, we'll play it on the air as a kind of a call-in thing. So there you go. Also, sponsors, you can reach out to us as well at talkinghails at gmail.com. It is an opportunity for you to come advertise with us. Our numbers are off the charts for a new podcast, and we're very proud of it. And we're very proud of to be serving so many of our listeners who just want to talk some halos. Finally, one more thing. We are joining the Big Heads Podcast Network. That is official uh, this week, and um, they're going to be able to help support us. They have a great network of podcasts covering many different teams, many genres. It's not just baseball or football. they got all kinds of stuff, so check them out. Don't forget to follow us again on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Don't forget us on iTunes and Apple, all those places. That's where you can find us to subscribe. Please do so. So for John and the entire Talking Halos team, it is time for us to get out of here. Have a great one. We're done. Peace. Good, good night. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.